Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio, it's Ian. The Reverend Captain Kickass is here. And Mark Edge. Speaking of Crypto 6, you guys were both in the court for the majority of the day today. It was a a long day. We uh, wrapped up just before 5 o'clock, started at 9, and today was pretty much defense day. Uh, It was, whereas it took the prosecution most of two weeks, eight, I think eight straight court days of prosecution yammering and entering in boring Super evidence boring. yeah uh you know we we hammered it out basically in one day today uh now we have maybe maybe two more witnesses for tomorrow we're probably going to be done before the morning break would yep. be my guess and then it'll be closing statements and then the jury goes to deliberations in this uh crypto six case that's been going on since december 6th and has been going on since our studios were raided in March of 2021, um, we know for sure. I mean, I already knew because I, they put show clips in the evidence yeah. throughout this trial. But they d- admitted today they were listening. They've been listening through uh, you know each night on Free Talk Live, or they have their people or whatever listening. It's so, interesting welcome that, to Fed. Yes, welcome there. all you federal employees to Free Talk Live. Please continue to listen to our show because we're about to educate you on well freedom. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting to think that uh, Federal Bureau of Investigations agents, maybe even special agents, are listening to the show, and those shiftless, lazy, useless government bureaucrats haven't gone after the person who pulled the wires maliciously out of my broadcast stack. Hmm, On March 16th, one of those helmeted goons that apparently was supposed to do a call-out and didn't do a call-out. Their call-out was with a grenade, right? That then ran a tank through the door, Mm -hmm. a a wooden door of a a 200-year-old house. They actually ran the tank through the window on nobody's side. It it pushed the door in later after nobody and Calvin had left uh, the building, as I understand it. The tank then was used to push the door in that was already unlocked. Why the, in the uh, world? So they did push the door in. Well, the footage, did, yeah. the footage that uh, you got on your security cameras had uh, shows the battering ram of the Bearcat as it's uh, pushing the window or door of, it's the, the, window. of the other side. There's yeah. already a window frame hanging on the battering ram. Correct. So they ripped what, out the window with the, the battering ram. But that window is on there before the battering ram hits the window of the. So where did that window come from? Okay, hold on. So. Let's clarify the video, by the way. If anybody wants to watch it, you can go to The Crypto 6 with the number 6. I think both, actually. Yeah, you can type both. it up. Yeah. TheCrypto6.com. It's one of the four videos there. It's the surveillance footage. So what happened was at the simultaneous moment. So in the video, it it seems like it's consecutive, so you have to watch the time. Because it's hard to put three, fra- three yeah. frames up on the screen. You, you can't yeah. see it as well, right? So you see one frame where they throw a grenade in the backyard. And then it shifts to the frame or the the scene of the bear cat coming battering up ram. onto uh, the sidewalk and running the battering ram into the window on nobody's side, our co-host nobody's okay. side of the house. You know, obviously, their bureaucrats have care nothing about holding themselves responsible. No. This is what amazes yeah. me about this: is these people broke laws while they did this. 
And none of them, none of these stalwart, white hat-wearing, vigilant uh, citizens wants to do anything Mm -hmm. about holding them accountable. I mean, just think about how the laws were broken and how little they want to do. Agent Mendike didn't care about that at all. Mendike. Mick Mick Dike. Oh, Mick Dike. Yeah, uh, the special agent Mick Dike. Well, she... She wasn't on the job at that time, so she yeah. gets to pass the buck to the people that I don't know who you're talking about specifically. McDikey. Okay. Uh, wasn't on the job at the time, uh, so she gets to pass the buck to the lead agent at the time, who was a different person who they then took off the case after the raid for whatever reason. Yeah, well, it's all I uh, want them to do is actually enforce a law against themselves. They won't. One time I would like one FBI agent to arrest another FBI agent just to show me that somehow they do actually care about breaking laws. No. Because they came in here and they pulled the wires out of the back of our broadcast deck, take, mm. basically take Taking us off of U.S. radio it was, for a full week. It was for officer safety, Mark. They had to make sure there wasn't an armed squad of uh, militiamen waiting and listening to the feed and the watching the feed from the cams. That's why that was their explanation for why they smashed the security cameras with a baton or whatever it was outside of the house. Uh, because well, the security cams, I suppose I can see the bureaucrats hate to be uh, you know monitored, but there's no monitoring. Of a, ra- of, I mean, the radio shows from seven to ten. If they don't know that, then they didn't do their job. They're, they're dumb. But yeah. it could have been, Mark, that there was a, a crack strike team that was monitoring this. All property. I can say is this: Phil Christiana, you can kiss my butt. I think you can say ass on radio. But this is literally what they what they purport to believe, right? Like I don't think they actually believe. They don't this. believe it. They're liars. No, they lied they all over the stand, yeah. and they they just kept lying. Mind you, Agent McDikey didn't lie. I didn't catch her in one single lie. No, nope, um, she didn't. But you know, you put you to put Phil Christiana with his perfect little teeth up there. <laughs> um, he damn sure wouldn't have told the truth. I've watched him lie in the oh, past. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this guy give me one opportunity. Hey, buddy, how about a duel? Hey, Phil. How about a duel? You and me voluntarily. Unarmed combat. Let's try it. See who wins. Mm. Coward. You do know jujitsu. Uh, but yeah, I that's... don't want you to tell him what I know <laughs> so that he can get prepared for it. Don't worry. He's not going to take you on. Uh, also, no, he's too much of a on the, punk. Uh, the footage of the, uh, the raid, yeah. the guy taking out the cameras, I think it was with that same tool that claw looking thing mm, I th- hard to say it kind of looks like it's part uh, uh what do you call it? pry bar mm-hmm. and part hammer yeah is what it looks like it was the first day of the defense at the crypto six trial where i am facing up to 70 years uh in prison for the dastardly crime of not filling out some government paperwork apparently uh, is basically what it all comes down to. But that's the to. accusation. We're not yeah. entirely the the jury has not determined whether or not you were legally uh, obliged to fill out that form. Indeed, or and uh, our argument is yeah, to. our argument is we are not obligated to uh, to do that, and that is the opinion of the attorney who researched that question, yeah. which is something I was able to explain to the jury today when I took the stand in my own defense. And some people would say, well. <gasps> Why did you take the stand in your they, own defense? You're they not tell you not to, right? I, no, You're not I, supposed I, to do I that. I actually think it was probably the best thing that could possibly happen. Like, I feel way better about, uh, you know, the jury's potential decision now mm-hmm. than I did before you took the stand. Now, that's just my opinion. I'm not on the jury, so I don't know. Yeah. But there had been, 
I, I want to call them like you know seeds planted throughout the both the prosecution and and the defense's presentations and the witness callings and all that stuff that left a lot of questions in like I'm trying to pretend like I'm the jury. So if I'm the jury and I heard all this information for the first time, you know, I'd be like, well, so they said this, but it hasn't really tied together with that, and you know, the puzzle pieces aren't mm-hmm. quite fitting together. And I think uh, your testimony just very quickly sewed it up put all the ducks in a row like all the questions that i thought that i would have if i were a juror hearing this information for the Mm -hmm. first time were answered okay good yeah i think that um you know when they were looking they were talking you're talking about the lawyer uh giving you a letter that says that you weren't a money uh transmitter and like to show the level of desperation that they had uh they brought up an email that you received from a former co-host Vin Armani. Yeah. Now Vin Armani's famous for uh being uh on the television show American Gigolo. That's right. And, yep. and he's now known as Cyprian on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and you should look him up. And not to disparage Vin in any way shape or form, but how many people who aren't lawyers outweigh a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Now there was a attachment from Vin's attorney on the email that gave you know some kind of more broad, more general opinion, but your opinion was specifically from an attorney yeah. in New Hampshire where you were doing business, and uh, this attorney had some specialization in this. I would field. use the term business, but I'm sorry, no. doing work, yeah, doing this. Uh, yeah. They used the term. Uh, they, they tried to use the term business all the time, and you corrected them each yeah. and every time. So I, I just thought that was an interesting point that occurred uh, today, and uh, there was an objection to FBI evidence, uh, like the the fake heroin agent story from 2020. Um, and I thought that was, you know, kind of uh, amusing. But they, before you go on about Vin, yeah. the email chain. So this was on cross-examination. Yeah. The prosecutor, one of three prosecutors, by the way, uh, this prosecutor came up and she brought up this email discussion I had with Vin Armani, where Vin provided this uh, opinion from his attorney. And I asked her in the midst of her questioning, I said, are you going to read the whole thing? Right. And she agreed. She acted like she was going to. She yeah. said she was she going to. She said she to. would and never did. And I think what she meant was she was going to read that whole email, not the entire thread of emails, yeah. because there were more emails that came after that. Where and you rebutted it. it and then went back and forth. And at some point or another, you changed his position. Aria, apparently, the claim is, uh, we don't know, we haven't listened. Aria called... Um, one of their witnesses, an undercover cop or a moron. Um, oh, no, no. You called the uh, it was uh, you called their agent. Uh, excuse me. Uh, an undercover cop or a moron. I like that one. That was the uh, I said uh, I had said that when this person came, this undercover IRS agent came to our nightcap hangout, this meetup that we were having yeah. regularly in, in 2020, uh, that when he said that he was a heroin dealer. Uh, my red alert went off, and I thought, "Oh, this guy is either an undercover agent or he's a moron." Is yep. what is what shouldn't I said. be telling that. And I thought he was more likely to be an undercover agent. Yeah, because I knew I was being investigated by the FBI. I'd been yeah. I'd been given a heads up on that two years in a row. So this was year number three, and I knew if they were investigating me for two years, they're still you know still working me right. And yeah. I knew this was coming. And I they're knew continuing to to push this charge as though you told him, "Go ahead." And so the judge really perked up when you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The word knowingly from your text, because this is like what their whole thing rests on. Their law says something to the effect of go ahead and tell them you can't knowingly allow somebody to purchase Bitcoin from you if you um, know that they're a heroin dealer. Yeah, dealer. if you're aware that somebody 
and it's not just Bitcoin. It's if you if you're a car dealer and somebody walks in and says, "Well, I just got ten grand from a heroin deal, and I'd like to buy a new car, or used car, or whatever." That's money laundering. That would if you were to say, "Well, yes, sir, I'll just write up this bill of sale here," and that would be an act of money laundering. Anytime you agree to take money from someone for any kind of service or product that is being represented as possibly uh, from illegal sources, then that is the definition of money laundering. Right. But it has My to be hearing isn't so good. I thought he said hair-winding deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, the judge perked up when you said knowingly, because mm-hmm. that's what the whole thing rests on. You confronted it head on. You quoted their law to them, and you put one of the words in caps. <gasps> that's it! Mm. He must be guilty. Yeah. <laughs> like it's hilarious. Um, that, that that judge that judge should dismiss. Uh, by the way, I like Joe Laplante. I think he's uh, done a really good job during this. He has been um, more fair than I expected from yeah. a federal judge. More honestly. fair than any judge I've seen since working at Free Talk Live. Like mm. at, at all, you know, working as, in this capacity, I haven't seen anybody as fair as him. But he should dismiss that money laundering charge before Absolutely. the jury gets to see it. I did because there's no, there's, there's just no evidence of this. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, I think it was last night. You guys talked about Laplante a little bit, and somebody said there was a wiki. Actually, because I was listening, I went and looked at the wiki for Joe Laplante, and uh, you know, he is a as New Hampshire a guy as could possibly be. We got Sydney on the line in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Sydney. Hey, everybody. Ian, I'm so happy to hear that it sounds like the case is going well, and it sounds like your defense is going to get wrapped up tomorrow. It does, uh, yeah. How soon would it go to the jury? How Would you tomorrow. know by Christmas or New Year's? I mean, it's up to the jury, right? So presumably, closing statements are probably aren't going to take more than an hour apiece, right? So it's going to be likely in the jury's hands probably by noon or shortly after lunch. Would be my At guess. least by the end of the day tomorrow, it'll be. No yeah, doubt. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be in their hands by the end of the day tomorrow at the latest. And then it's up to them. I mean, they could go back. Take There'll one- be a lot of pressure on them from themselves to finish up for Christmas. Um, they will. Now, what will. that looks like, I don't know. Normally, a short jury is going to find for the defendant. But mm-hmm. normally, a short jury, as they call them, um, isn't pressured by a major holiday. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we can come to any conclusions other than there will be pressure on the jury. And does that mean that they will be pressured, that some of them mm-hmm. will feel pressured to find some find you uh, acquit you on all counts, mm-hmm. or does that mean that they will feel pressured to go with the flow and convict on all counts? I think the answer is is that it could be any of those. We have no idea. We there will be pressure to, on them. Yeah, yeah. We don't get to be a fly on the wall to see what happens. Right? It doesn't so. help either that uh, the judge himself has said to the jury repeatedly, "We'll try and get this wrapped up before the holiday." Right. And so, yeah. like, you know, that's a subliminal message that I don't think the judge needed to include if if i'm being critical mm-hmm. of the judge uh that's a thing that i don't think he needed to mention sure it might be on everybody's mind maybe it's on his mind but it's not pertinent to the case so mentioning that we will try and have this wrapped up before the holiday like is irrelevant right yeah. the, the jury should be allowed to take as much time as they need to make their decision and hopefully he makes that clear to them uh, tomorrow. Well, yeah, I mean, they will have enough time. They can, uh, you know, if it takes them longer than the same day, which obviously the same day would be nice because who doesn't want to go home, right? Um, but if it takes them longer, you know, they'll just say, okay, well, you we're breaking for Christmas and you'll be back on Monday or whatever, right? right? And so and then they're back at it. So that's right. Well, I'm so happy to hear that it sounds like it's going really smooth and that you're getting a, hopefully a fair trial. Oh, um, I think the charges are bogus to start with, but, you know, within oh, yeah. that system, 
you know, if, as long as it can be fair to you. To I'm be really fair, it hasn't really gone that. smoothly. Like the prosecution has been discombobulated with their presentations. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the heck they were doing today. They're like, let's just show a bunch of random elderly people. You know, without they didn't get to a point, they didn't make a point out of it in any way, shape, or form. So, like, I'm not, you know, to say it's been going smoothly, uh, it might be a misnomer, but I, I feel way better about it today than I have on any other day. The uh, prosecution today, though, tried to admit uh, into evidence a clip from Free Talk Live sometime earlier this week or last week mm-hmm. or something. I'm not sure what the day or And it they didn't get played. But what it did do, of course, is confirm what we've known all along. They're listening. Oh, yeah. They're listening Every right night. now. Oh, yeah. They're Every definitely night. listening. And, I, and, you know, I want to tell them that they should quit their jobs. They should reconsider. They can still back out of the position that they've gotten themselves into. You know, the FBI has been a dirty organization since it started. Yes. On a national scale, we're seeing it play out, you know, with Twitter. They've done it. I don't know if you just put something over your microphone, but you got really clear no. for a moment, and then got it muffled. got muffled. Okay, well, it's probably that messing with my phone. You know, a lot of callers <laughs> sound better now. Go ahead. They call you guys. Go ahead. Okay, uh, but yeah, they're just you know horrible from the start, and uh, people are seeing it nationally. Are they going to go away? No. No, you know, of course I'll not. Channel Chris Cantwell here. They're not going to stop. They are not going to stop. They're going to keep No, going. and if the Republicans win an election, they're not going to shut them down. The Republicans are talking about, oh, the FBI is bad. No, no. bad. But as soon as the Republicans get in control, then it's be like, oh, well, we fixed the FBI. Well, look, we fired this one guy, yeah. and then we put our guy in, and now it's everything's fine. Right. Thanks, well, Sydney. Sydney. Ian, and, and, you know, that people just realize the game, and they're going to keep coming after you. So everybody keep your wits about one of the interesting things today was, you know, our witnesses don't have a bunch of boring crap to go through. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, once we're done talking to them, then they're the prosecutions to do cross-examination. And what I said to Bonnie this morning as we were driving up there, I was like, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they cross-examine these people. I mean, we literally have uh, business owners who I've helped accept cryptocurrency. We've got a little old lady who I helped to learn about cryptocurrency. Uh, we've got these, these basically unimpeachable witnesses. It's like, what are they going to say to them on cross-examination? And they had, of course, they had absolutely nothing that they could do with them. Yeah. Because these people are good people who are completely unimpeachable witnesses. Like, yeah. the, the the prosecution was floundering. One of the prosecutors was up there, the tall, skinny one, John Kennedy. He was up there, and he was just asking, like, uh, so you said that Ian did this and this? And the witness would say, yeah. Yep, yep. Well, and then I think he, that, he would say it again. He would say something again. Yeah. Like, like he basically just repeated what the witness had told Sisti during during Sisti's uh, direct examination. He was like, "Okay, well, the, I'm resting." The best thing he did on <laughs> cross today was uh, he said, "Okay, so Ian donated how much to the um, you know hundred night shelter mm-hmm. over what period of time?" And it was like six thousand dollars. He something. didn't ask that question. But he went through the numbers. He only went through 2016 to 2022 when uh, the Shire Free Church and I were donating $10 a month on a regular basis. He left out the thousands of dollars that were given before 2016 to the organization. Well, that's what, he what literally he was trying went one to do. donation at a it time was crazy. through this yeah, list it was so month boring. by wow. month. It was like, what are you trying to show here? Dude? Stalling or something? I don't. I, I, uh, but <sighs> at the very least, um, yes – 
it doesn't matter whether the the how much you donated. It matters mm-hmm. what the jury thinks you donated. Yeah. Right. And so what he's trying to say is, is look at all the money Ian made and look how little he gave to the hundred nights. And mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, hundred nights wasn't your main thing. It was just something you kept going. It's mm-hmm. not like all the church all the church does is support hundred nights. It's built orphanages yeah. and done a variety of things. Right. So. You know, it's big money, and then they're just trying to show. But the the problem they have is is that you don't live ostentatiously. Mm-hmm. You don't spend money on anything. You are what they call a cheap skate, a thrifty little miser. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's literally nothing they can say. It's like, well, he lives in a, an old house and he drives an old car, and uh, you know, he eats food. That's it. Yeah, that's all they could say. It's like. Don't the rest of us eat food? Well, <laughs> yes, you do, but you don't have a church to sustain you. Unfortunately, you know they're recording the audio of the trial as well for their own purposes, but they won't make yeah. that available because they cannot have these things released to the public. They will not. Uh, that's why they don't allow cameras and uh, phones and things like that because yeah. they are deathly afraid somebody is going to capture audio from inside that courtroom and reveal to people what actually goes on inside the these pageantry courts. and all that crap that goes on the mm-hmm. ceremony of it all you know you've got a you've got the priest oh i mean the judge in his robe high priest I don't know if he smokes weed or not, but you know, uh, you've got the pews way in the back, just yeah. like a congregation yep. and all that kind of crap. The icons, just, there's the yeah. the bird, the eagle, or whatever is up what there. What did they about? pay for that U.S. Uh, seal in I don't know bronze, bronze or something? Yeah, yeah. What did they pay for that? It wasn't probably cheap. enough to cover the it cost doesn't of make transcripts. A, it doesn't mm-hmm. make a Shire Free Church minister happy. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Well, that whole courthouse, you know, is an incredibly ostentatious. Uh, incredibly religious place to go. Uh, Bonnie had found an image that's because you can't go in there and just take pictures, right. right? Like, so she found an image that was taken of the entryway where there's these stairwells that go up or mm. stairways, I guess. They're not wells; they're out in the open. And then there's this um, justice statue that's that's standing there, and it's it's this religious place that absolutely looks like a church from the outside you stand if you go to freekeen.com you look for um, the federal court church you'll find a post where i've posted the image that i took yeah. from outside where if you look up at it it looks like you're looking like at a cathedral, a, a cathedral yeah. with like stained glass except the only thing's missing is the stained glass but they it looks like it should be there the only other thing i want to mention well not the only but like one other thing i want to mention is um the hmm the procedure aspect of being in court. The last time I heard, now mind you, I've never been in a federal court. Okay. The last time I heard anybody go, all rise, and everybody mm-hmm. rose, was in frickin' church. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, you, yeah. know, you know, some sort of Lutheran church or something like that. Right. You know, Very and I'm, similar. Like, I'm like, whoa, that's creepy. Yeah, I mean, there were some things that I would have loved to have talked about, like something like that. But it was probably that probably would have been gone too yeah. deep into uh, you know our our ideas. I right? was uh, I was hoping that your attorney, uh, Mr. Sisti, was going to bring up the uh, the mission statement. Right? He did. You know, what? Well, no, I thought it was the, the prosecution that brought it up. No, it was Sisti. Oh, okay. He had me read that. Okay, into huh. the record. Yeah, I thought it was the prosecution that like brought up the church's uh, web page and uh, and then like made you read it. Yeah, no, they didn't make me read it. Okay. Really, I'm pretty mm. sure it was Sisti. Oh, well, okay. they were very helpful generally. The prosecution. Yeah, was. there were times when I'm like, what? What are, are they trying to make Ian's case for? Him? <laughs> I'm like, 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 I don't, 
you know, I don't want listeners to get like too high on mm-hmm. like what we're saying here. Like there were some things that, you know, leaned in your favor. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's still the U.S. government, the largest empire on the face of planet Earth. Right. Coming down on you, Ian. Let's jump into digital IDs, because one thing's for sure, the tyranny is moving onward, it's getting worse, it's becoming more invasive, and they've got a new idea up their sleeve. I mean, we've heard about, you know, like the microchips for, you know, making purchases, being embedded That's been around in for 20 arm. years, We've right? heard about that. Yeah. We've heard about, uh, with the COVID, right, these uh, COVID passports, mm-hmm. right, these medical things that, they've oh, got you're vaccinated China. or not vaccinated. Yeah, they totally yeah. have them in China. They they have this, the whole social engineering, social media thing right. uh, where they can turn on and off your access to transportation just, Groceries, by, just any, by turning your app red and yeah. Instead of green, any store being able to move from so, point, to, point A to point B. Uh, apparently, this has uh, stoked the fire of what I'm going to refer to now as an entire industry of digital identity. Uh, this from itwire.com. Digital identity takes off as governments realize benefits, says Global Data. Driven by vaccination certificates, the need for identity checks and financial services, and the potential of the metaverse, governments across the world realize the benefits and the importance of digital identity, enabling the technology to take off, according to data and analytics company Global Data. Global Data's latest report, Digital Identity, reveals the theme had previously been slow to take off, hampered by countries driving in different gears. Digital identity is a collection of online information about a person, organization, or machine, which, when grouped grouped together, can provide a digital representation of that entity. David Bicknell, Principal Analyst, Thematic Intelligence Team at Global Data Comments, Digital identity's time is now. There are many possible use cases, from financial services to tracking and managing identities in the metaverse. COVID-19 has been an important driver. It took a global pandemic for governments to recognize that vaccination certificates on on smartphones Mm. enabling foreign travel was the killer app that digital (laughs) identity could deliver and people could use even if they might not recognize it as a digital identity. They're going to kill whatever is remaining of your liberties with this digital identity. I thought, was this the vaccine that didn't stop you from getting the disease? Yeah, that's the right. one. Yeah, are we going to call that still a vaccine? I mean, I'm not experimental drug. Like, How about that? Yeah, yeah it it is a, a genetic modification platform. The people that are dying now from COVID are like pretty much all vaccinated, mostly vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. If we want to call it vaccinated, mm-hmm. but it, it's a large number, and it's it's creepy. Like the longer this thing goes on. Uh, the more glad I am that I never got it. I never got the jab. Yeah, me I mean, I had the COVID, so I had that going for me, yeah. which was nice, right? And I got over it, right? Best you know? thing that could happen to and you, right? So then, like, I'm like, why do I need this thing at all, right? Like, even if I thought I might need it, I had it and got over it naturally. That's a and natural so, immunity. Yeah, and so like now I'm just like, no, screw you. I'm not going to mm-hmm. get this thing. At any rate, uh, global data says China which has the world's most advanced social credit and surveillance systems, is a clear leader in digital oh, identity. I, I, it's so annoying and disgusting to hear these 
corporate buddies of governments of the world just gleefully celebrating the next step in this global tyranny that they want to uh, force down people's yeah. throats because it's profits. For they're them. celebrating this like it's the invention of the internet, mm-hmm. right? You know, they're yeah. they're celebrating like, oh, look at this brand new industry and all the profit we can make and you yeah. know all that kind of crap. This uh, will not make your life better. This is going to make the governments have more control over your life. That yeah. is all this is. Expect the uh, the, the Chinese uh, social whatever, social credit platform if you get a digital identity. Because mm-hmm. once yeah. the government uh, can nail you down like that right. uh, on a digital in a digital fashion, then they can start saying, well, you know, listen, listen to these guys doing their radio show talking about freedom and stuff. Hell, that's got to be some several big black check marks. I right. mean, it is not hard to see the threads out there, right? So you've got this digital ID thread, and then you have the CBDC, the central bank digital currency, right. and you've got this uh, social credit score thread, yep. and all they're going to have to do is tie, tie them, them together. all together. Well, and if they can't do it now, they're mm-hmm. going to wait till the next epidemic. And by the way, the mm-hmm. next epidemic will be smaller than this one because this one's, you know, they, they come around every few years. And this one was. I'm sorry, you, you know, mean propagandemic? Okay, fine. Propagandemic. Uh, we'll go with that. It's going to be smaller than that, but they'll blow it up to be huge. Sure. This yeah. one, They've if, you look been at, trying. if you look at the percentage of people who died of this disease, and then you look at it on a global scale, it wasn't it's that nothing. bad. Yeah. If you look at the people who were, sad, sad to say, on death's door. Yep. Now, Morbid. I, I, I'm not. Morbidities. I'm not saying they deserve to die. Right. I'm saying that they were going to die, just like every one of us, yeah. but they were going to die soon. TJ the Spy on our SIP line, which you can learn about how to connect to our SIP line by going to sip.freetalklive.com. That's sip.freetalklive.com. Go ahead, TJ. It's always good to be on, Ian. Thank you. I just, I just wanted to say this is actually the third time uh, that they have come after you. So the first time was when they got which were tried to get Rich Paul to wear a wire. Yes. The second time was the FBI raid number one, mm-hmm. and the FBI raid number two with the Bitcoin. That's the third time. So I would actually say this is the third time. That that's a good point. Good to, point. Yeah, that's true. And by the way, uh, the uh, case uh, to get the Shire Free Church's stuff back should be going to trial sometime in January. So good luck with that. No, that's going to be uh, there's a pre-trial conference, and it's probably not going to hit trial until the summertime. Would be my guess. Oh yes, isn't that interesting? Because you know their warrant is invalid, so I don't know what they're going to try and argue. Uh, well, the, apparently yeah. their new thing they want to do is get a new warrant. To search the items that they seized with the invalid warrant, to search it again, search the items a second time. Is I don't what know how they think they're going to get that, but I guess they'll just hold on to them for another six months. And... Uh, our attorney thinks they're going to get it because really? it's easy to get a warrant, so they're going to get it. Okay. Huh. I may have to send a letter to all the magistrate judges warning them that they might try and get conned by the FBI. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's what's going on. Anything else uh, you want to share tonight, TJ? No, I just wanted to say that. Good luck. And I uh, are you ready for the jury once they come back with a verdict? If it's guilty, are you ready to be taken into custody that day? Or Sisti uh, says that is not likely to occur. And and he said this to me. Sisti is my attorney for listeners just tuning in. Uh, we're talking about the Crypto 6 uh, case where they're prosecuting me and they were prosecuting other hosts of this show on Bitcoin-related charges where there's no victim and no actual crime. Uh, but uh, according to Sisti, back when I was facing 25 charges, 
he told me that it was unlikely that I would be taken into custody on a guilty verdict um, because and essentially I don't know what his argument is there. He's just, you know he's got experience, right? He's an attorney. He's yeah. got a federal court experience, so he kind of knows what happens. Uh, he said that would not be likely, and then they dropped 17 charges right before the trial. So I've, I'm facing even fewer, you know, an even shorter amount of time. It's still 70 years maximum, but that's not likely to be what the sentencing guidelines would be if I were to be sentenced consecutively to wow. each of these counts. Uh, so and the you're not likely to be slim. sentenced consecutively either. Not likely, and again, so the the odds of that are happening are fairly slim. It seems like so. I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. Okay, well, I'll be praying for you, and good luck. Go ahead, Major. But, uh, hey, I was just thinking about uh, how you guys are saying that they're wanting to sell the pages of this transcript for $3 a piece. I think so. I, I could double-check that And remember, it's like double-spaced, double, well, double well, spaced and, <laughs> right? you know, one they page can, out. can have, like, nothing on it. Just the fact that they're selling it at all means the state is claiming authorship. Now, this is murky water at best. But being as how it's almost Christmas, I called in to have some fun about reindeer and mushrooms and such. All right. All right. Um, you guys know what a steep is? A steep? A steep. Like steeping my long, tea? A, a long, flat plain and or valley. Okay. And in the extreme northern hemisphere, there are some steeps that are 15, 1,800 miles long. I think and I might know that as step, S-T-E-P-P-E. Okay, step. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Mispronunciation. No problem. Go ahead, Go ahead Major. Tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> Indeed. But anyway, um, so along these steps or steeps, they have uh, interconnected mushroom masses, you know, root masses. Underground. Yeah, myceliums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when the uh, when it gets real hard up there in the tundra, the reindeer will dig down and eat the mushrooms. You know the mass mm. underground. Yep. And one of the weird things about them, and like the you know, unlike the unicorn or Pegasus, that don't actually exist. These guys do exist. Their eyes turn blue in the wintertime huh. because they're born so far north towards the Arctic Circle that their retinas change color to allow more light to get in How about during that? the winter. That's cool. That is cool. Very cool. So are you uh, saying that the reindeers were tripping on psychedelic mushrooms and that's why they could fly? The the Nordic culture was quite uh, endeavored with psychedelic mushrooms. You Mm -hmm. know that. And uh, being as how they're so closely interconnected, I mean, their northern neighbors farmed and milked reindeer, for crying out loud. So they certainly had some kind of connection between them. And who the hell knows if some tripping Viking didn't see a reindeer fly? <laughs> Good story, Major. I mean, they are going to probably force these digital IDs on people. Yep. You're going to have to have your digital ID. If well, you don't if you stay in, uh, if you leave America. Like, that's the thing is, is you guys are acting like, oh, there's nothing we can do. You can. You can secede, like you've been talking about well, for years. until they go everywhere. I mean, there's going to be a push. That will to probably happen. Go global. You are going stuff. to die, too. So you may die. You may. You may death. You may be death to this. Uh, this. You know the implementation in Honduras. It occurs to me that Santa Claus will not be able to exist without a digital ID. <laughs> well, yes. then we'll know. So they're going to want. They'll just make a fake one for him. The digital ID. They're going to want that, and then they're going to tie it into the CBDC, oh, yeah. which is the central bank digital currency. And then if they decide they don't like uh, the whole social credit score thing, right? So if you say something on social media that they don't like, they can turn off your CBDC wallet access. 
this because they can say, oh, well, we're, you know, now you can't buy things. You said something against the king. You said something against the Congress or whatever. And now you cannot you can no longer access commerce. You have been turned right. off. You are a nobody. Right. You are a no person or whatever. Yeah. Uh, continuing on with the article, the EU wants to give its citizens digital identity credentials accessible from digital wallets, and Australia and New Zealand are both moving towards legislation. I've seen a Canadian central bank video promoting this idea, too. The UK is implementing a one-login program for citizens to access government services online, but the U.S. lags behind, hampered by a patchwork of state initiatives, Mm. but no federal conformity on digital identity. Well, now, they've been trying to do the so-called real ID for the last 50 15 plus years at this point it seems like and mm-hmm. they have yet to actually finally push the you know push that thing out 100% across the board they yeah. have managed to not the even though i think every state at this point has a real id compliant license and if i'm wrong about that correct me which yeah. if there's one state that doesn't have it i'd love to know even sadly new hampshire has it one does. but you can still get the non real id license here now i don't know if that's true in all uh, states up until a certain date i think i think there's an expiration date don't quote me on that but i think there's an expiration date here in new hampshire even that like it, you know if you have to like if you move in from out of state mm-hmm. or whatever and you turn your driver's license in uh right now you can choose whether to get the real id or the really? previous id but i think that there's a time expiration on that i think mm. after a period of years five years from now something like that 10 years from now that you won't be you'll only be able to get the real id i've not heard this uh, i don't hope, you're, I hope you're wrong about that i can tell you that uh implementation we of can anti- turn that around i think if we get enough freedom levers to move that'd be great uh, implementation of anti-money laundering, AML, and Know Your Customer, KYC, identity checks by financial services uh, regulators has catalyzed the adoption of digital identity. Well, see, if you're against the digital ID, that must mean you're in favor of terrorism and money laundering, right? That, That's uh, what they did to Bitcoin first. Remember, yeah. it was always uh, terrorism, money laundering. I've had to take a picture of my driver's license for something mm-hmm. at some point and upload it to it. They may be applying for a job or something like that. Sure. At some point. Or so, getting on a crypto so, exchange. So, or so, so once I do that, isn't that my digital ID? Yeah, it is a simplified <laughs> version of it, but this, the one they want to propose would have strings attached. Oh, it's right? going to attract the hell out of you. Well, this yeah. digital ID is going to be rolled out in the next pandemic. And don't worry, the next pandemic is coming soon. They're already talking about the tridemic right now. What's that? The tri-demic. flu? Yeah, it's, you know, it's cold mm-hmm. and flu season. Yeah. Um, and they're, rec- they're now recommending masks for the flu, right. by the way. By the way, oh ladies and gentlemen, you remember when uh, the flu was transmitted by, you know, touch mm-hmm. and things you handle and COVID was transmitted, uh, uh, excuse me, transmitted by, you know, in the air? It doesn't matter now. Now sick is sick. Mm-hmm. Put on a mask. What else do we need to know? Is there anything else here that's critical? I mean, uh, just the last uh, bit here says the next few years, we will see extensive development around workload identities, which include applications and services and device identities, which include mobile devices, Internet of Things and operational technology devices. Desktop computers included. Bicknell concludes. Yeah, at some point they are going to create things that will require the digital ID in order for you oh, to participate. No, those things yeah. already exist. They just need to upgrade the firmware on it, and then then it's like, oh, sorry, you can't open your refrigerator mm-hmm. unless you you know scan your eyeball or something. You know, yeah, that's one of the scary things about the new cars. 
Uh, because it's biometric, you mean? Yeah, I just think that that's what's going to be part of it is, is you're going to need, you know, right now, one of the things that the authoritarians have a difficult time with is who is driving the car? Mm-hmm. Who is driving your car? Like they have a license plate. Right. And that license plate is in your name. They can take pictures, too, and see who's in there. Yeah, sometimes. but it depends on the, the angle and yep. the circumstances and things like that. They certainly do that. Yeah. But not every time. Um. So in order to determine who's in the car, you're going to need to have a thumbprint. Right, right, right. Mm. And that thumbprint's going to go with your digital ID and click, there's then a, the car comes There's on. a version of this that, that can work for the benefit of people, and that version of this is one that is decentralized, and that is to say you own your ID. Yes. Right? If somebody were to create some sort of a, an, an ID capsule, mm-hmm. right, and you and only you uh, could give permission to things you know, to have access or partial access, depending on the thing you want to get, to verify that, you know, you're this guy. Uh, that might be a way to achieve the ease of use and, you know, sort of uh, identify for certain and you want to get the blockchain involved if it's decentralized and not centralized by a government, right? Yes. That's that's the danger of this is where the government wants to centralize this and be the controller of all your information, your personal information. Right. They're and, so good at this. They're and, so good at controlling information. It's not like they lose briefcases full of millions of uh, names data, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or trillions of dollars. Sarah, are you ready to adopt the new digital ID? If they tell you that you need to have this digital ID in order to get your welfare payments, are you ready to jump on board and get it? So what is it? I mean, or is it like placed under your skin or something? I don't think they're going that far with it quite yet. yet. But at this point, they are talking about some sort of an app on a smartphone or a tablet uh, that would be basically be some sort of governmental approved identification, sort of like a digital version of your driver's license, which of course you don't have, or some sort of uh, other ID card from, in your case, the New Mexico government with federal approval. Uh, and it would allow you access to things like federal welfare, uh, federal airports, and various other government services. Is it federal war? Well, I mean, I. What I mean, I don't have much of a choice. If that's if that's they tell you that that's what they have to do, then I mean you just have to conform and do what they tell you to do, or you don't get any money. So what yep. I mean, what choice do you have? They I mean, they put it on EBT. I this I is the no life of somebody who's whether... owned by the state. You got to do what they say, right? You got to hop through the hoops. Well, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have much option in the maids. Um, well, there is the option of making your own way in life and actually creating, you know, value for the marketplace and paying People your do own it. bills. You could do that. Well, you know that I have done. There's issues with me, believe it or not. I know that I'm very <laughs> intelligent and all this, but I have a lot of problems that you guys don't know about. You're just making assumptions, and I don't disclose everything because you're not my psychiatrist or Social Security. Well, you did tell us you have have uh, bipolar, and we explained to you that you could get a job anyway because the Internet says that there's a lot of people who are bipolar, and they are able to hold down jobs. So I think the whole claim that you're bipolar so you can't work is, honestly, I think it's just BS. Well, it's a BS to you guys because you can't work, but it's it's a reality to me because I haven't worked since I cracked up. You know, it's like whatever you believe in, whatever you, um, how you live, it's it's a, it's a, it's a practicality. You're right. Whatever you believe in is the reality. So if you believe you can't work, then you can't work, right, Sarah? Well, I think that uh, besides that, Sarah, I think what's more important here is is that what you've given up.
Rob is on the line in Vermont. Go ahead, Rob. There was an article that came out a couple of days ago mm-hmm. uh, about Gene Simmons. And Gene Simmons is the bass player for Kiss. Okay. That's a very long and he's time. Advocating, he's advocating for uh, mandatory uh, vaccine shots. Of course he is. I mean, because all these big rockers from back in the day are totally owned by the the government establishment. Remember you had, uh, was it, uh, who was the guy from, was it Twisted Sisters? Snyder. Snyder. Yeah, yeah. He was going insane for uh, masks and vaccinations. Yep. I mean, mean, there's a video out there now that, you know, says that, he says that, you know, people should should just... Go go along to get along. Yep. That we don't have uh, the rights like you think we do. I yep. mean that's that's disturbing. That's what he said. I mean, yeah, he said him a bootlicker. He he said it was selfish to not get a vaccine, which I don't understand. So what <laughs> we know now, the vaccine isn't intended to stop the spread. Like they at that's this the point, story the news story. They there is no evidence that this vaccine was ever going to do that. Or, now that's what they sold us it. at one point. Yeah. But it's not true, so therefore it is not true to get the vaccine. I mean, I guess you would be selfless by getting a vaccine that didn't work, but you're not selfish for not getting a vaccine that didn't do what they said it was going to do. The vaccine, at this point, all they can say the vaccine does is it makes it less likely you're going to die or have serious complications from COVID-19. I don't even know if I believe that. I don't know whether I believe it either. But is that even true? Right. I don't have to believe that. Uh, that's all they're the only claim they have left yeah. for the vaccine is that claim. And therefore, that is a claim that you make for yourself. Right. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't isn't going to stop the spread. So getting the vaccine isn't a selfish or selfless act. It's simply for yourself. Yeah. And let's just say for a moment that it is selfish. So what? Yeah. Are you Everybody's are you selfish. not allowed to be selfish? At I mean, this point getting the vaccine is selfish. Of course it is. Well, it always was. <laughs> Everything you do is selfish because you're doing the things that you think are best for you, right? Right. Day to day. Rob, thanks for bringing the story up, man. Anything else you want to comment on? Yeah, I'm I'm wondering, you know, because Gene Simmons, he's a businessman and you know, he won't talk to you unless he can make some kind of money. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if he's Somehow capitalizing on this. Maybe, and maybe he's got Pfizer like stock. Mm. Gene Simmons invested in Pfizer, perhaps. That's a possibility, Rob. Thanks for pointing it out tonight. Ron Paul has been talking for a long time about, you know, not a very sunny economic horizon, right? Like, it's been looking pretty pretty bad from Ron Paul's perspective. When was this published? So, this is this week. Okay. So for Ron Paul to say, or last week, for Ron Paul to say this is the mother of of all economic crises. Pretty big statement. So here's what he has to say. Noriel Rabini, a former advisor to the International Monetary Fund and the member of uh, President Clinton's Council of Economic Advisors, was one of the few quote-unquote mainstream economists to predict the collapse of the housing bubble. Now, Rubini is warning that the staggering amounts of debt held by individuals, businesses, and the government will soon lead to the mother of all economic crises. Rubini promptly or properly blames the creation of a debt-based economy on the near or at zero interest rate and quantitative easing policies pursued by the Federal Reserve and other central banks. The inevitable result of the zero interest and quantitative easing policies is price inflation wrecking havoc on the American people. Of course, we're already starting to see the latest uh, you know, results of inflation. $5 eggs, yeah. 
$5, yeah. Crazy, right? $5 eggs. The Fed has been trying to eliminate price inflation with a series of interest rate increases. So far, these rate increases, and it's strange that Ron Paul's describing this as price inflation. I mean, isn't he talking about eliminating, quote-unquote, inflation? Well, he's distinguishing price inflation uh, from inflation. But isn't the idea of uh, raising interest rates, isn't the idea there that fewer people will take out loans from banks because the rates are higher, and so therefore they're less likely to take out loans, and so therefore fewer dollars will be printed into the economy? Sure. Price inflation um, is occurring right now because money costs more. I thought price inflation happens because uh, money is printed out. Well, he might just be referring to the symptom Mm -hmm. uh, or the thing that most consumers will see, which is price inflation when it comes to the monetary policy. He says it's worth pointing out in 2000 and when the during the economic crash of like 2006, seven, eight in that time frame Mm -hmm. um, that there was a lot of money printed in quantitative quantitative easing, but it was all given to banks and the banks didn't release it mm-hmm. into the market. Thus, you didn't see price inflation as a result. So inflation doesn't necessarily mean price inflation. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So the banks used it to pay back their bad debt and right. then called it a day. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, he says here, this or these rate increases have not significantly reduced price inflation, and that's because rates remain at historic lows. Yet the rate increases have had negative economic effects, including a decline in the demand for new homes. Increasing interest rates make it impossible for many middle and working class Americans to afford a monthly mortgage payment for even a relatively inexpensive home. And Captain, you've been looking at houses recently. Has the uh, increasing interest rates on mortgages been a deterrent to you in, in recent months? Um, I would say that particular aspect slightly. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen a reduction in demand, and that is to say that uh, I, at least here in New Hampshire where I've been looking, uh, I people still want to buy houses. People still want to buy houses. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Right? Everybody needs a place to live. We have Christopher Cantwell. On the lines here, fresh out of federal prison and uh, the halfway house that they stuck him into, apparently for about a month after you got out. Chris, uh, welcome to welcome back to Free Talk Live. It's good to be on with you, fellas. Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, as as you hopefully don't have to find out, Ian. You know, normally you do like ten percent of your sentence you do in a halfway house, but mm. because the uh, United States federal government is no fanny humble correspondent. They screwed me out of it. They gave me one month. Uh, but uh, Wait a minute. You know, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Are you, you're upset about only going to the halfway house for a month? Does that mean you had to spend more time in prison? Yes. Or? Yes. Oh. It's not like I want to be in the halfway house longer. Mm-hmm. The idea is that, they, as a matter of fact, they offered me that. Like, I was like, you people completely screwed me, you know, out of my halfway house time. And the PO was like, he's like, well, I'll get you another six months in the halfway house. I'm like, I'm not trying to stay there longer. It's like extra jail. He wants some extra jail. Like you're trying to extend my sentence. How do you think I have a a double digit IQ here? Come on. Wow. um, But uh, you know, it's all, it's all right because that, that gave them minimal opportunity for behavior modification, which, you know, halfway houses are kind of big on. It's like, you can, you can punish me or you can tell me what to do. You, it's hard to do both. And so, uh, but I'm now out of the halfway house. You know, when I, 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 when I, they put me in, uh, you guys know your audience, some of them will know that they had me in this communications management unit thing. Yeah, describe with, that. Uh, 
the communications management unit is basically uh, it's a prison within a prison. It's Gitmo North is kind of the uh, the tagline for it. A lot of my neighbors were named Muhammad, mm. and the idea is that uh, they don't want you talking. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they would not, as a matter of fact, like I, I called Jared Howe, so to speak. He was uh, recording my calls and publishing them the whole time I was in jail. I was calling Free Talk Live, as you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they w- they forbade me from speaking to you at all because of your charges. Mm-hmm. And they uh, and then they blocked Jared Howe for publishing our phone calls. Did they put and you I in said, this hey, in this CM unit because of your media experience? Well, I had a communications-related charge. I was was convicted of extortionate interstate communications. But not everybody who has a communications-related charge ends up in the CMU. Everybody in the CMU basically has some kind of political connection to what it is that they're they're in there for. I was saying it was because you uh, did digital content. You know, you had your own show and that kind of a thing. Plus, you've been on this show and that kind of thing. Yeah, and so... It's but in the CMU handbook, they say that you have a one of your rights as a prisoner is to speak to the media. Okay, and so I'm like, okay, well, what they what they did was they said that Jared publishing the phone calls was third party contact, so you're not allowed to use like three way calling in jail. Right? Who is this person and, that you're referring to? I'm I don't know what you're talking about. You know who Jared Howe is? Friend Jared of Howe is no. the is the host of a podcast called So to Speak. It was until pretty recent, recently syndicated proudly at ChristopherCantwell.net. But, this is another uh, ultra-right-wing uh, talk show host, right? Okay. Yeah, you, yeah. Could, I, you could say that. And how long were and, you in federal prison? Because wasn't your sentence like, I don't know, three years or something, two and a half years? What was the sentence? 41 months. 41 you months. Do like, <laughs> you do like, you do 80% of your time in the feds. You do oh, basically 85. 10 months out of the year. So like I did I, I did like 35 months. But I, so three I years. Out after the, well, I, I was locked up. That includes pretrial detention in County. Right, right. right. And you were locked up and, basically the whole time until your trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they, I never made, I was holding pretrial detention. I never made bail. Right. And, and so, so then didn't, wasn't, if I recall correctly, when you got sentenced, so you're basically a, a year in being held prior to the sentence being issued. And then if I recall correctly, they couldn't transfer you out of Stratford County Jail for some whatever COVID reason or whatever it was, there was some delay in actually getting you to the federal facility. How long was it after you were sentenced until they finally took you into a federal facility? It was, uh, it was about 14 months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so I, was, I spent like 14 months in county. I spent one month in a private prison, a, a, a CCA, Corrections Corporation of America. I spent one month in one of these places, which was a, uh, it was a nightmare hellhole. Really? So the private prison was actually worse than the government prisons you were in? Yeah, it was. It was terrifying. Like, like there was just like the place was completely run by gangs, and like, and and the wow. COs were like, you don't have to pay gangs as much. <laughs> it's it's know, cheaper. It, it was, it was, it was crazy. Like they were just like smoking K two all day and and killing each other. Like people got stabbed and God. and beat up. Like. Guys are just smoking in the day room in front of the cops. And stuff. Wow, it was, just, it was just crazy. And, and where so, was this one? Where was this prison? This was between going uh, from New Hampshire to your end destination at the federal prison. Yeah, prison? yeah. They took me from the Stratford County Jail in in uh, Dover, New Hampshire, to Tallahatchie, Mississippi, the CCA facility over there. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. 
We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.